you're not gonna believe me, and I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing, it's gonna follow you. Welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan Klein. And I'm Shannon Shalakian. And if you've been following us, then you will have uh, <laughs> known that this week we are doing It Follows, which is why boom, I made boom, that boom, 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 why I made that awkward, awkward, awful joke. Okay, anyway, let's start with that channel reviews as always. <laughs> okay. Brennan, you start. Okay, Hush, a Netflix movie with no chill, generic but thrilling. The Hitcher, how can a goreless film be this hardcore? And Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. I'm not a DC fan, but I feel personally insulted. I understand that one for sure. <laughs> and you uh, didn't even see it. I haven't even Yeah, you're right. I haven't even seen it. Which is honestly the best course of action. Yeah. I wear, folks, I wear a Green Lantern ring every day. And people are constantly coming up to me and being like, oh, DC? To which I always have to explain, like, no, I'm pro Marvel as well. I just like the ring. <laughs> Yeah, so. branding, it's important. Yeah, right? Obviously. Uh, my 10 minute review is for Man Up. Simon Pegg can do no wrong. Bell's English accent sucks. That's too bad. I like like Bell a lot. I do too. And I mean, like, I guess it could have just been my own bias about, like, American people playing British actresses when there are plenty of British ac- actresses, you know? So, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so we start with our discussion. There will be spoilers, and Brennan will, will tell you the plot. All right. For the 19-year-old Jay, fall should be about school, boys, and weekends out at the lake. But after a seemingly innocent sexual encounter, she finds herself plagued by strange visions and the inescapable sense that someone or something is following her. Jay and her teenage friends must now find a way to escape the horrors that seem to be only a few steps behind in this critically acclaimed chiller. Bum 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 chiller <laughs> i i didn't like that plot i don't think it did it justice it did not at all wow which um, i mean can kind of be a good thing because it's better to go in this kind of not knowing what you're gonna get yourself into yeah absolutely like that that that's enough especially like this is almost impossible now but if you don't even know that there's a sex monster like the first couple of scenes are really really good at kind of ratcheting up the tension of what the hell is actually happening in this movie right yeah yeah, and I this takes like sex shame in horror movies to a whole new level. Like I really enjoyed that part of it. <laughs> um, but let's start first of all setting up the the rules for our discussion. We rate scariness one to five screams, campiness one to five perms, gore one to five severed limbs, and quality one to five unlucky stars. So starting with scariness, why don't you go ahead? Okay, and I think in order to understand the scariness, we should talk a little bit about the monster, the the it, and yeah. how it works. That's a good point. Um, basically, if you sleep with someone, you pass the monster along to them, and it's just constantly walking towards them. Like, it's following them. But, um, so basically, if it reaches you, it'll kill you. But it's super slow. It can only walk, just kind of blankly towards you. So if you drive away, you'll buy yourself, like, a day or two. And, or, there's all these people online who are like, what if you go to France? What if you go to space? 
whatever. She's stuck in Detroit. She's 19. She can't afford airfare. I don't care. Yeah. Um, she's not particularly smart. But, no. um, so basically, um, if you have sex with someone, it'll follow them. Once it kills them, it'll come back to you. Like it keeps going down the chain to the people who slept with you before. Yeah. So, so strategically, for those those of you who who watch this movie, like myself, who wants to figure out logically how to beat the monster, how to keep the monster away, um, strategically, the idea would be to pass it off to someone and inform them about it so that they're able to fight it properly because that actually extends the chance of you of it not coming back to you yes which is, which is what our nice young man jeff does in the beginning yes indeed by indeed. Ex- explaining the rules so kindly to us and to jay played by micah monroe yeah and we'll talk about him uh more later because he did some pretty ingenious things and i'm sure i'm gonna go on about how not smart the group is <laughs> um but st- so starting with scariness right yes we now know that um the monster walks very slowly it walks in a straight line um and it can take on the form, it's a shapeshifter. It takes on the form of different people. Oh, yeah. Like, either to blend into your surroundings in a crowd so you don't notice it, or to just be someone that you love and, um, like, torment you psychologically. Yeah, or sometimes it, it, it takes on very, like, freaky forms. Like, either fully naked, partially naked, partially naked and peeing itself. Yeah, lots of sexy, sexy shenanigans here. Yeah. This is like a bikini car wash movie. Oh, no. But but the but the uh, evil kind yeah. from hell. And there was one time that it took on the form of the main character, Jay's neighbor, who was a little boy, and it actually started, like, screeching at her. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, which is not usually what you see from, from the monster. It's usually just, like, staring and, like, walking across a field. And you usually see that, see them, like, walking across a field behind them. Like, like you see it happening, and you're like, well, I should say... I am like, run! <laughs> yeah, she was constantly screaming at the screen. It was great. Yeah. Which takes us to scariness. Yes. Okay, so, uh, Brennan, go ahead. I gave the film three out of five screams. It's a very, very solid concept. Honestly, this concept is genius for a low-budget horror film. You don't have to afford crazy monster effects. It's just atmospheric. There's people in the background that are walking around. As long as you got the good depth of field, it looks awesome and it's creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, there is... A, a a jump scare that's really solid that freaked out Shannon. Um, the the ball hitting the window. I'm gonna I'm gonna start calling them toaster scares. Oh God. And here's a story for you all. Um, Shannon did not grow up in a house with a toaster. She always had a toaster oven. And in our apartment, I have a toaster. So whenever I'm toasting stuff and it pops up, it scares the bejesus <laughs> out of her. And it's the most <laughs> amusing thing in the entire world. So uh, we got some <laughs> we've got some good toaster scares. Yesterday, Brennan came in. I was like preparing myself breakfast, and he came in, and he's like, "Oh, I just came to tell you that I put something in the toaster, <laughs> just so that I wouldn't I would know that there was something there when I freaked out." Yeah, because so. I usually go to the bathroom or like go do something else, like while my toast is being made, and then she'll walk in after me, and she'll have no idea because no one's in the kitchen. And then he'll be in the bathroom and hear a scream. It's great. Anyway. Speaking of screams, this movie. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I also do a three out of five. Uh, it, I was very involved in this movie. Uh, not that I, I didn't. I felt like zero feelings for any of the main characters because they're all these like little like hipster bland kids. hipster. Yeah. Like let's stare off into space at our shoes. Yeah, like it's living in Detroit. Core. Like he works at a front yo shop. I mean, like they're just like blah characters. Um, but still, like it, I was so enticed by 
the concept and like the, the strategy of how to get out of it like if i was in that situation what would i do that um i was constantly like run run shoot like, the guy what are you doing are you don't doing? walk that way no stop he's in the closet like just the the typical scary stuff sc- scary horror stuff that um we don't get a lot of because we watch a lot of slashers which is which i like i think part part well, way through part way through i was like i miss slashers because <laughs> she was actually getting scared it was stressful but i think you could argue that this is a teen slasher it's just a very cerebral one it is definitely definitely anyway let's move on to campiness okay so we talked about it briefly i gave it a two out of five um only because of the hipster kids because it's campy in the concept of today yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. I I actually gave it the same score for the same reason. Oh, great. Um, there is a girl named Yara who has glasses and whatever. She looks like Daria, which is why I called her Daria. And come to find out, her name is actually pretty close to Daria. Yeah, not not too far away. Um, but she has this little clamshell compact e-reader thing that, first of all, I'm not sure exists. Yeah, it made it seem like all of a sudden the movie is in like like a generation ahead of us or something yeah but the thing is everything else in the movie is like a generation to three behind because they're watching like 50s sci-fi movies on the tv which is ridiculously tiny and square yeah tiny square tv i mean like i understand that they're living in detroit and detroit's economy is not doing that well but you could find a better tv in a garbage can yeah and like all the cars are really old classic cars and then you have yara Who's got her her shell phone? Yeah, it's ridiculous, and she's reading *The Idiot* by Dosta or uh, Dostoevsky, mm-hmm. and she's constantly reading out these annoying excerpts from this Dostoevsky book that she's reading. I, and I don't think she really has any other like words in the movie. It's just like basically, like, she's just like this irritating thematic like author mouthpiece, and I don't really like her that much. But I gave yeah. her a campiness because of her super weird clamshell. Yeah, and then um you have like the young teens doing all the basic young teen stuff, like all of them like drinking a lot and like smoking but hiding it from their parents and like getting into sexual exploits. Um but they all are just like so apathetic about it all oh absolutely you know and then they all have these tiny tattoos like i think i think yara has like a tiny like feather tattoo and um the main character jay has a has like an x tattoo on her finger and then like one on her wrist which i'm sure is like they're probably their actual tattoos like the actors know. probably actually have those tattoos but i don't think so because i mean it's a really bad idea if you're an actor to actually get tattoos yeah because that kind of defines what character you can play. Yeah. But or, I don't know. Or what kind of makeup artist they have to hire. Speaking um, of makeup artists, let's go into our gore score. Ooh, nice transition. Okay, Thank so you. gore score. Why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, this movie, it's not really very gory at all. Like, the the creepiness factor, that that's the difference between It Follows and, like, a regular slasher movie is that it's not about the kills. It's barely about characters. Um, it's more about atmosphere and this, like, really slow plotting but um relentless fear yeah but there is one scene in the very beginning that like it opens with a really fantastic gore shot that is is and should be iconic yeah and that's why i gave it a two out of five because that is a really really good shot yeah okay so you're gonna think i'm crazy but i gave it a three out of five okay and i will explain why so do that so slashers obviously you have a, a, a high volume of kills right and then you can kind of judge yeah, based they're really on, loud yeah you kind of judge based on <laughs> the, oh my pun just went yeah because i'm focused you're built too low my joke went right over your head oh 
that was funny. Um, That's no. a foghorn leghorn quote, by the way. <laughs> anyway, sorry, keep going. Okay. Uh, no, so um, you have this high volume, and then you kind of take like a very statistical, like you take like the median of the volume of gore, and that's kind of how you can calculate like the gore score, essentially, right? Uh-huh. Um, in this movie, there's only really three instances of gore, um, and it's the fir- the first one, which is iconic, which we, which uh, you you had said. But then yeah, you the, also this chick's have legs get this. Her leg is like shattered above her head. Yeah, backwards. So her high heel is by her face. Um, but but in this one, you really only have the gore from that very beginning scene that you don't actually see happen. She's just a dead body like that, and then you have the gore of them trying to fight the monster, but. This movie is so cinematic and has such beautiful cinematography that when they incorporated the gore into it and when they're fighting the monster, it is like it is like some Suspiria level beauty with their killing. So um, gore itself, as far as like blood and guts and stuff like that, yeah, it is completely lacking. But that's not what this movie is for. I th- definitely think that the way in which they did their their killing scenes um, up to the gore score for me and i put that in quotes okay so. i follow that yeah you follow that oh god okay so <laughs> let's hop on to quality I'm, I'm giving it see this is a very very tough score for me because i think i hover somewhere between a three and a four at any given time mm-hmm. and i never want to give half scores because i want to commit you know so i'm going to give it four out of five unlucky stars um it is a genuinely really well-made film Mm-hmm. Um, the cinematography is gorgeous. It is. The score by Disaster Piece is this really, really surreal, like ethereal synth stuff that I like a lot. Um, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like eight bit. Yeah, it, it's it's a very John Carpenter esque atmosphere. In Disaster um, Piece, you would assume it's like masterpiece because that's the play on words, but the piece at the end is actually P E A C E too. Yeah, it's cool. like eight puns in one. That's awesome. Um. But yeah, like it's a genuinely well-made film. There are parts where you can kind of see that the low budget is creeping around the edges. Like there's a shot um, where the camera's clearly attached to the wheelchair that Jay is on and it's a little too rough, a little I too shaky. It. I love that scene. Well, no, that scene, like there are parts of it that are great, but there's a part that really needs to be a still shot, but it's just moving every time she shifts. Mm. And I don't like that part. Mm. Um, and the sound design, like during some of the conversations is a little off. Mm. I mean, it's not really noticeable on Blu-ray, but in the theater, it's really, really like, why is it so muffled in this scene? Yeah. But, but uh, compared to our eighties, um, slash <laughs> that we watch, like this movie is still leagues ahead. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Like this is a well-made film. Like I'm kind of being nitpicky here, but yeah. there are like, it's a more or less perfect visual film. So those like little bits that aren't as good are really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a four out of five for me. What's your score for quality? Um, I'm gonna give it a three out of five, uh, and it's only a three out of five because it is too creepy for me to watch on my own. Like it's definitely something that I would have to watch in a group of people, but I would definitely watch it again. Um, but as far as like if if we took the creepiness out, like if we took that part of it out, um, this movie again is amazing. It's beautiful. The cinematography is great. Um, you are really, because of the way that the horror is laced through it, you're really hyper aware of the surroundings, which makes this like the set, it's not really a set, but like all of the, um, locations, um, really important, but they find some really beautiful places to have even individual scenes. Um, and it's, it's like, 
it's a pretty pretty artsy film. It's pretty artsy. And then the color red is overemphasized because um, she has red nails on. And also when they tr- they when they try to kill the um, or they, I don't know. We we're not entirely sure if they killed it or not. But that there's there's a lot of debate going on. Yeah, exactly. But um, in the instance where they were trying to kill it, um, it was started bleeding, but it bled like, it bled like, like, a hundred women had their periods. You know, it's like so <laughs> much blood. Um, and it's so red and, um, obviously you can see like the red in different scenes and how it's used. Um, but yeah, so the quality of the movie is really amazing, but it's a three out of five because it is too scary for me. So that's actually a really, really high three out of five. Yeah. But I have a question for you. Yes. What do you think the it represents? Cause there's like a whole bunch of different theories about it and I want to know what you think. Um, do you want to hear mine first? So you have time to think? Well, I I already had an idea of okay. what it was, um, but this is just a silly idea. It's not like an, an actual idea. It's just like, ha ha, this is an STD. You oh know? yeah, totally. Like, like that it's definitely an STD. Like that's the that's not even subtext. That's just like text. Yeah, yeah. Like oh my god, look at this thing. It's following her. It's an STD. Like, uh-huh. Um, and then the idea of being free from it when it's passing on is actually really scary because of. And I think they're called June bugs, but I think you know what they, they're actually called. But there was a group of people who, when they got AIDS, or when they got HIV, w- when it first started, they got this sort of, like, psychosis where they w- didn't want to be alone. So they would constantly try to give people HIV. Oh, uh, yeah, that sucks. Do you remember That's, that? Uh, I'm aware of the concept. Yeah, there's a name for it. I think they're June bugs, but I don't really know. Um, but it's kind of like that, where it's like, it's like once you pass it on you're kind of free from it because you're no longer alone. Like, you, now you have someone new. Yeah, and someone who can actually see the monster because only people who it's following who can it. see it. Yeah, exactly. So so that's kind of the like the added scariness factor is being like, oh, this sucks. Like, you, uh, you just brought someone into this thing with you instead of taking one for the team. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And it's kind of like, what would you do to survive? Would you kill someone else? Yeah. Or would you, like, put someone else in this awful situation that you're in? Yeah, and then it's kind of it's kind of useless because if you kill yourself, then it just goes back to that original person who gave it to you, and, uh-huh. then, and then they can just. Give well, it I mean, to they're a dick; else. they can take it. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. But you know, I think Jeff made a very good decision. He did of who to pass it on Way to, to go, Jeff. because she is just prolonging it for as long as possible. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the it kind of represents just kind of the, like once you grow up and you realize like, your own mortality. It's the it for me is kind of like this constant reminder that you can die and you will die Mm. and it's always following you. You can't run away from it. And for me, this might be reading a little too much into it, but I think like the fact that you can pass it on with sex, I think it's just a thing of like, like you have sex and it's like, it's like a loss of innocence and then, well, it's not, not the loss of innocence thing, but sex is just like really engaging in life Mm. and like really like actually trying to enjoy yourself. Mm hmm. So that kind of pushes death away for the moment because you're not thinking about it, but it always comes creeping back to get you. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll take that. Okay, cool. So uh, things that are less cerebral, champion dialogue. Champion dialogue. I think I'll open with mine because it's the least cerebral in the entire world. I know, right? Oh, my God. Um, All the kids are hanging out, moping around in the living room before anything bad happens. They're always moping no matter what. Like, you get the sense that... It's so angsty. Yeah, like, if this was a movie about a carnival that comes to town and gives that free cotton candy, they would still be sitting around just staring off into space. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this is... 
this is something that uh, Yara says, and I'm just not gonna pr- prelude it at all. Hey, I have an idea. What? Uh, uh, away. In case you weren't didn't understand what was happening, she farted in between those two lines. She's like, "I have an idea," which is this maybe the single weirdest thing I've ever seen in a serious movie. Yeah, honestly, it's the only comedic thing that happens. And it, it's so strange because they just return to staring off into space like nothing <laughs> happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that was weird. Uh, so my champion dialogue comes from Jeff. So Jeff and Jay go on this weird date where um, he looks like he looks like Eminem from 8 Mile, which, I mean, is appropriate. It is Detroit. In, in Detroit. Um, but they're like playing this game. It's like a people watching game. And then he says that he wants to be this little boy, and she asks him why, and he says this. Look how happy that kid is. Plus, at that age, you can go to the bathroom anytime you want. Which I thought was, it was funny, but also, like we said, it's very cerebral. It's just him being like, yeah, he's got his entire life ahead of him. Like, And it kind of reiterates your point about like not having to worry about death. Cause yeah, like the like growing so up and the loss young. of innocence. And yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, there's that. Uh, both of our both of our champion dialogues this time around were scatological. <laughs> yeah, it just it, this isn't a movie where they have like a lot of uh like zingers uh, words in it. <laughs> yeah, words in general. Yeah, I'm like watching a TV show right now where where in the action like every time there's action there's a pun which is great. Oh, you great. Know? Okay. That's what I just want out of life for everything. <laughs> and I did not get that from this film. I still liked it though. So whatever. Anyway, moving on to favorite character. Who's your favorite character? Uh, my favorite character is Lady Piss Pants. <laughs> um, no. One of the, uh, no. I guess, guises of the it, where it's just like, it totally throws away the rule book of like, oh, I'm gonna blend in and try to like spook you by looking like someone in the crowd. It's like I'm gonna break into your house and I'm a lady with like a shirt torn open and I'm peeing my pants. Have a good time. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. That was um, that was something else. I'll tell you. Yeah. Um. Uh, also, it there's I could not engage with any of the characters in this movie to any real degree. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I actually engaged with her. <laughs> like I understand. I have to pee all the time. Like oh, I God. wish I could pee my pants. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'm skipping you. Like the kid. Um, Never mind. Uh, so my favorite character, I am changing my favorite character because upon talking about it, I have realized who my favorite character is. Okay. I was gonna say Yara just for the reason that she was just more in- subtly more interesting than everyone else but the person who i really care about is jeff <laughs> okay so jeff uh, originally is the guy that goes out with jay and then like essentially you know screws her and then um yeah he screws her good yeah and then and then he chloroforms her straps her to a wheelchair and explains the whole it follows thing to which like it takes her like 30 minutes to understand what's going on which is annoying. Um, but he, he explains to her and he's like, I'm so sorry I did that to you, but you need to see like, like this is what's going to happen. It's going to follow you. And then if it kills you, it's going to come back to me. Um, and like he, he explains this whole thing. Right. And then he disappears and they end up like going to his house and they see that, well, his, uh, the house that he'd rented while he was trying to find someone to, to screw essentially. Um, and his, his house was like all protected too. Like he had, backups and he had he had um traps along his windows i mean he obviously had thought things through which is more than than anyone can say about the angsty teenagers the, um, the scooby-doo gang yeah until the very end where there was what what what's his name who wants to 
Bang uh, the Girl so bad. Paul. Played by uh, Keira Gilchrist from United States of Terra. Yeah, all he wants to do is is have sex with this girl. He's had wanted to have sex with this girl forever. And even even though she has like a terrible monster that will kill her if she has sex with him, he still wants to have sex with her. Yeah, it's like, okay, how how hot does someone need to be for you to still want to sleep with them if you know you're gonna get a sex monster? Right. Like I, I would not sleep with Zach Efron if he had a sex monster. Yeah. I would say, No thank you, Zach. Not today. Yeah, I'd be like, we can cuddle Zach, but that's about it. Yeah. That you know? would be fine. Exactly. So um uh, anyway, he he actually gets smart and like gets a gun and like has this whole scheme, which is great. But Jeff was the only one who like really did it well. Like he was just like, I'm just gonna pass it on. I'm I'm gonna run for my life and then I'm gonna go back home and I'm just gonna try to live my life normally. And uh, yeah, way to go, Jeff. Uh, you were kind of a bit of a, a, di- a jerk because of um, the beginning, but you know, you know I understand. It's a survival tactic. Oh my God, Shannon, you're so pragmatic. Um, anyway, uh, just be strategic and efficient. I don't understand why people don't. Yeah. I, well, that, that's, that's you. I know people, people lead different lives. Sometimes they just want to throw lamps into a pool and see how that works. This is why I'm going to take over the world. So everyone can do exactly as I do. Okay, good. I I guess you'd be like, if you had to be a, like, if we had to have a dictator, I guess I'd choose you. So that's fine. Oh, that's nice. That's so nice. Uh, anyway, favorite scene. What's your favorite scene, Shannon? Um, my favorite scene was the pool scene, um, which is where Paul uh, actually tries to like come up with an idea. So they go to a pool that has tons of outlets. I don't know why in this huge room, but they they like took suitcases full of stuff, which you assume is like clothes and stuff. Uh-huh. They open the suitcases and it is like electronics out the hoo ha, like so many electronics. Uh, and then you've got like you've got like bug zappers and lamps and typewriters and like random stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was just saying, imagine their parents coming home being like, why is it so dark in here? <laughs> yeah. Someone stole all our lamps. Exactly. And so they all like plug all the things in. And then Paul has a gun. And then one of the girls has like a sheet. And essentially they wait for the, the thing, the, the, the it to show up. And they have Jay in the middle of the pool. And then the it just like starts throwing electronics in the pool instead of getting in the in the pool. And because it's a little smarter than we thought it was. Um, and they finally like put the sheet over it and they start shooting it and pretty smart. Yeah, it, it, well, it, it's okay. Yeah. It works okay. Yeah, partway through the film, I was like, I really want them to just go kung fu on this guy. Like, uh-huh. And they kind of they kind of did. They did. They went as kung fu as they could because yeah. they're morons. Yeah. Um, just like a, <laughs> the, the Dostoevsky book, The Idiot, is about them. Um, but anyway, my favorite scene is a segment of that scene where before Kelly, which is uh, Jay's sister, puts the sheet on the it so they can see it because it's invisible to the other kids. Right. Um, Paul is trying to shoot at it, but he just shoots Yara in the freaking <laughs> shoulder <laughs> because like she's on the other side of the pool and he just doesn't know where the it is. And it just, it's a great scene. It's and really I hate funny. Yara so much. So just to see her like <laughs> randomly fall down when he shoots is great. <laughs> That's a great sequence. I know they didn't intend it to be funny, but it is so funny. Oh, totally. Oh, okay. All right. So now for the games. Yeah, let, let's let's uh, move it on up. I have two games I'm pretty excited about. They're both It Follows themed. Oh, boy. The first is called Boff Mary. There's no kill because if you boff someone, they're going to die. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, um... For the men, would you boff? Would you marry Paul or um, freaking Jeff? Jeff. Oh, Jeff. 
I would marry Jeff. And I, Clearly, well, because yeah. you could survive together. But the th- yeah. like the caveat is, is that if you marry them, you can't sleep with them. Like that's like it's actually like legitimate Why marriage. Why would I like, sleep with out. him? I would. I could. He's hot. But I could potentially get a sex monster. That's true. I mean. Yeah, I, yeah. And then I mean if I and then if I boff Paul, I could potentially get a sex one. Either way I'm going to die. So, yeah, deciding whether or not the it no, okay. survives. No, let, let's let's not talk about like in the canon of this movie. Okay. Let's pretend neither of them have a sex monster. Like Okay, yeah, I would still marry Jeff. I guess He's smarter than Paul. Okay, and then if you would boff kill Paul. Yeah. I guess you have the sex monster in this game. Yeah. Okay, cool. Or I would just boff and forget him. Boff and run away with my Detroit 8 Mile Eminem boyfriend. No, you don't have to kill him. The it's going to kill him. That's what I'm saying. It's inevitable. Boff and run away. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's what I do. It's a hit and run. Um, oh, that, that's <laughs> That's awful. not true. Um, <laughs> okay. I, uh, I actually... Mm, okay, you know what? I do not want to sleep with Keir Gilchrist, so I'll marry him. You know, marriage people don't have the sex sitcom jokes. Um... <laughs> But also, I would just lock him in the other room. Like, I'd be like, this is my office. This is my me time. Don't bother me when I'm in my office. And I would just never leave because I don't want to talk to him. Yeah, and then I would buff uh, uh, Jeff because he's hot. And then he probably deserves to die because he's kind of a dick. He's so smart, though. Like, yes, he's a dick, but, like, still. Look, you can be smart and you can be a dick. Have you not seen The Social Network? Uh. Anyway, female round. We got Jay, Micah Monroe. And we have Kelly, who is her sister. Oh, sisters. Um, you can't buff both because that's gross. I... See, it's like... Jay is a moron. Kelly is less of a moron, but she smokes, which makes her a moron. But you don't gotta, you don't gotta have sex with her, so the smelliness, you could just keep her in the other room. Okay, I'm gonna marry Kelly so I can change her. <laughs> <laughs> always the best idea just write that down everyone <laughs> yeah no i mean i'm just more interested in her anyway just because jay is so blah okay yeah she was way more interesting in the guest absolutely but yeah yeah i agree i would buff kill jay just like i like i think jeff has the right idea there um i would marry kelly because she's smart she's the one who puts the blanket on the it so yara won't get shot again <laughs> um <laughs> I could just see it like like a fam a family guy decided to take on it follows and just being like where is it it's right there and they shoots Yara and it's like no you missed and she keeps shooting Yara. <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> uh yeah oh my god what an idiot anyway um our next game is called or this is actually because usually in our games I am giving you a challenge so I thought we could reverse it and like put me in the hot seat what this game is called Sex Degrees of Kevin Bacon okay. So basically, you're going to give me two actors, and I'm going to try to link them together by people that they've had sex with in movies. So it's like, because, you know, like the Holy game where cow. it's like, you know, Kevin Bacon was in Footloose with Sarah Jessica Parker, who was in this with the other person. Like, so it's it's the linking, just like the It Follows. That's cool. Okay. Okay. This um, is going to be so hard, and I'm going to lose immediately. So I give you two people. Yeah, like pretty big actors, please. Okay, yeah. Because I know you know people that I've never heard of, and that's just not even right. fair. No, that's fine. Because um, this game is going to be super difficult. I won't give you anyone who's Canadian. It's fine. I um, know Sean Ashmore, but I guess he doesn't really have sex with anyone. Um, Rogue. Um, that's a bad idea. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, Zac Efron and Lisa Kudrow. 
Do they have to have? Wait, do the yeah. two characters have to have sex with each other? No, no, not with each other. Because I need to link them. Right. But they need to have sex with anyone. I'm not sure Lisa Kudrow has had. S- wait. Uh, I'm gonna cheat a little bit. Okay, Zach Efron has had sex with plenty of people. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, let me think about that. Uh, I'm gonna cheat a tiny, tiny bit because Lisa Kudrow is not like a leading lady type. Um, but she has had sex with Paul Rudd in Friends. Okay. So I'm just gonna like loop around that and okay, then use fine. movies as much as i can okay okay who is that from he has sex with people right yeah um he has done Will okay we pick two, two other people yes please okay um round one failed okay let me i gotta think of people who have sex with other people in movies um because he's like a teen star. He hasn't been like a sex Ryan object Gosling until Okay. Definitely has sex with people in movies. Mm, and he should. Ryan Gosling and Carrie Mulligan. Or is that too bad? Haven't she they, was in shame. Didn't they have sex in Drive? Oh, yeah, they did. So they're connected to each other. Okay. I um, win. Round three. Oh, you're supposed to connect. So they're not supposed to connect to, connect to Kevin Bacon? No, I'm connecting them to each other. Oh, I thought you were connecting them to Kevin Bacon. Why would I connect two I people to Kevin Bacon? <laughs> I don't know. That's nonsense. I don't know. I just look. Okay, round look, two, fail. It's, look, it's called Sex Degrees of Kevin Bacon because that's the name of the game, Six Degrees of Kevin no, Bacon. No, no, I get that. Yes. And also, I forgot to mention the rule, but I thought it was obvious. Like, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to link them within six sex okay. acts. Okay. But I don't know enough Kevin Bacon movies. Like, I know he had sex with that chick from Friday the 13th, but she hasn't been in any other movies. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Now I understand. Thank you. <sighs> okay. <laughs> um, see, now I gotta have to. F- I kind of have to figure it out so that I know that you can do it. No, no, no. No, just shh. Okay. Hush. Okay. Well, it's not as fun if, is it, if you know I can do it. Jennifer Aniston. Okay. And, uh, and Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. After no thought whatsoever, we've immediately come up with a solution together by putting our brains together with science. Okay, so Jennifer Aniston slept with Gerard Butler in The Ugly Truth, probably. Well, if we can assume that people who are dating or married have sex, which we will. Gerard Butler slept with Hilary Swank in what? Um, P.S. I Love You. Okay. Oh, I hated that movie. Um, I couldn't get through like 20 minutes of it. Um, Hilary Swank slept with Patrick Dempsey in what? Freedom Riders? Freedom Riders. Oh, okay. Uh, Patrick Dempsey slept with Rachel McAdams in... No, what happened? No, oh, Reese we messed up. No, I messed up. You messed Where's up. James okay, Marsden? Where on. did he come from? We, we, we put him with, uh, with Catherine Heigl because of 27 Dresses. Oh, okay. Sorry. I can do it again. Okay. We're starting over. Okay. Okay. Jennifer Anderson slept with Gerard Butler in... Uh, the uh, the the bounty hunter. The bounty hunter. Okay, Gerard Butler slept with Catherine Heigl in the Ugly the Truth. Ugly Truth. J- Catherine Heigl slept with James Marsden in Twenty Seven Dresses. And James Marsden was Rachel McAdams's fiance in The Notebook, so presumably they slept together. Right. And Rachel McAdams slept with Channing Tatum in The Vow. Right. And then Channing Tatum uh, slept with with Amanda Seyfried in Dear John. Dear John. 
who slept with Julia Moore and Chloe. Okay, we did it. It took oh. us no time at all. Did not take us 20 minutes. No, Don't definitely listen not. to that. Um, not. This was the worst. Let's move on to our final statements and get the heck out of here. <laughs> okay, good idea. Um, so, quick recommendations. I'm going to recommend The Guest because it stars Micah Monroe and it's really fantastic and it's a lot of fun. Okay. So, what about you? Uh... Originally, I was going to do Mono's Hands of Fate because it has like a Mono's Hands it's of Fate ending. cyclical. Yeah. Um, but instead, I think I'm, gonna, I'm going to suggest The um, the Ring. Okay. It's the passing on of the curse. Yes. Passing on of the curse. So uh, The Ring, I actually, I don't even think I've actually seen it all the way through because it is awful. But what? still. Wait, you mean like you hated it or like it's too scary? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. We might have to watch it. Anyway. I like The Ring. Uh, pass on The Ring. Uh, posted on YouTube. Okay, so that is it. Okay, and uh, about the clues. Yes. Um, last week I said we're going transatlantic, and I'll see you next Wednesday. That is, we're watching an American Werewolf in London. Uh, you know, transatlantic. We're going across the Atlantic. See you next Wednesday is a reference to the film that is mentioned in all of John Landis's films, which film nerds out there I hope understood. Uh, but here is the clue for our episode two weeks from now. Puzzle this one out. If you're looking for a nice, easy film, you're barking up the wrong tree. Not even acupuncture will calm you down after this one. Uh, if you have a guess for that clue, if you want to talk to us, if you have a, a better way to connect Jennifer Anderson and Julianne Moore. Which I hope you do. Yeah, please, because it took us nine years. Um, you can contact us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast, via email at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars or we'll give you a sex monster. And <laughs> in, in closing, um, we'll be playing you out with... Uh, <laughs> the track or, uh, we're playing out with the title track from It Follows by Disasterpiece the worst idea i've ever had john oh yeah that was that was fun though like we should post this on on facebook our our map oh god with all the scribbles okay bye everyone bye